This is Vibing Well with Dr. Stacy. I am a traditional naturopath who specializes in functional medicine and a holistic approach to healing. I'm taking all of your questions and giving you my advice on how to balance the body, promote a healing mindset, and rediscover your most natural state, which is health and vitality. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's get to your questions. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Today, we are going to discuss all things hormones. So some of the topics we're going to kind of look at is what causes disruptions in our hormones and imbalances? What about postmenopause and what happens to our hormones then? And then even touch on hormone replacement therapy, some of my suggestions as far as that goes. And then the last question is, do I recommend birth control to balance and fix hormone issues? So we're going to touch on all of these and kind of go into overall why why hormones get out of balance and how to what to look at to bring them back into balance. So one thing that's really important to understand, and this will just give you a little intro and in how I feel about using birth control to fix hormones, is that your body is not deficient of synthetic hormones. So let's understand, you know, get to the root of why you're having these imbalances and um, and go from there rather than just when you're taking synthetic hormones to fix an issue, you're going to cause imbalances in other ones. So that's really important. We're going to talk even more about that. So let's first look into what actually disrupts our hormones or throws them off balance. So one of the big ones is, um, especially in women my age who are kind of like full blown into diet culture. That's how we kind of grew up in our 20s. A lot of us have been restricted for a really long time. And so we have a lot of us have also followed the low fat or the low cholesterol type approach to dieting to decrease calories and that sort of thing. So this will definitely cause an increase in hormone imbalances. And that's really what we're seeing some fallback of that. Anytime the society has you cut a specific element or a new nutrient, you're going to see a fallback from that in cases of, you know, symptomology down the road. And that's what we're seeing now with the low fat diet, now we have an influx in hormonal issues. Um, And one of the reasons why is we need fat soluble vitamins and cholesterol to actually synthesize and create our hormones. So if we don't have that, and we're talking about fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, um, essential fatty acids, we need these for assimilation and conversion of hormones. So this is one key player I see so much when people are, when they've had their gallbladder removed and they have a hard time assimilating these fat soluble vitamins, aren't really told that they're going to need to replace those um, indefinitely. And then that's another um, root cause of what I see uh, when we see hormone imbalances is that removal of the gallbladder deficiency in bile production and deficiency in fat soluble vitamins kind of all tied in together in that one specific situation. Now, the other thing that I notice is exposure to xenoestrogens or endocrine disrupting compounds. So chemicals in our beauty products, in our cleaning products, I mean, they are all over the place um, in our fabrics. All of these things can, what they do is they mimic hormones in the body and they downregulate actual hormone production. What happens is these 
disrupting chemicals bind to our receptors. And so they trigger this response and they don't allow the actual hormone to get to those receptors because they're competing now at the receptor site. So that's the other thing. The other issue is protectively, the liver will increase methylation to kind of clear these non-bioavailable hormones in the body or these toxins that resemble hormones. So now we're upregulating liver and a lot of us don't have a lot of energy in our liver to spare because of toxin load and other things going on. So that just causes a all over systemic concern when you involve the liver as well. The other thing that I notice is birth control. So post birth control syndrome is a big thing. What birth control actually does is it puts your hormones at a postmenopausal range, typically, depending on what type of hormone you're taking, um, because it gives the body just enough synthetic hormone that it tells the brain like, you're good, you don't have to produce anymore. Um, and that's kind of what happens when you are on synthetic birth control, it, it puts you at a risk of other things to be out of balance. Let's just say your estrogen and progesterone are downregulated and your testosterone may be in range, but since the other ones are so low, you could have androgenic dominance. So you could be more prone to having things like PCOS or other, you know, blood sugar issues and things like that, that are related to having high androgens. So, um, that's a concern I see. And that's something that I see that throws these hormones out of whack. And the other thing that you have to hope and assume that your body is capable of doing is going from postmenopausal ranges of hormones to the minute you want to come off birth control, you know, kind of snapping out of it saying, Oh, just kidding. I'm not in menopause anymore. And so, you know, that's a lot of the reason of infertility. Sometimes the body isn't supported enough to be able to pop back out of that. So that's an issue as well. So sometimes that's why you feel better initially because it's taking those estrogen and progesterone levels down so low. So if you were estrogen dominant or something like that at the time, you're going to feel better just initially, but long term, you're going to see that those root causes never actually went away. So um, the other thing that really is very highly overlooked when it comes to hormone disruptors are is gluten. So the sensitivity of gluten puts additional stress on the adrenal glands due to the inflammatory response that it has in the digestive tract. It causes cross reactions, so it can trigger autoimmune responses, which we know affects the body systemically. It is actually a known endocrine disruptor. And the other thing is most gluten also contains glyphosate, which has not only an effect on the microbiome, but it is also another proven endocrine disruptor. So now you have a double whammy because now you have gluten and then you have non-organic gluten and then you have the glyphosate that's added to that. So that's going to not only wreak havoc on the gut, but also hormones as well. And the thing too, as we've talked about this in the past, is all gluten contains zonulin, which opens those gaps in your gut lining to make you prone to have intestinal permeability or leaky gut down the road. So that alone can cause more, you know, that autoimmune issue. Um, now we're looking at systemic inflammation and that sort of thing. When the body doesn't have the nutrients and cofactors it needs, it impairs each system one by one. So when you have a leaky gut, you're going to have nutrient deficiencies and then you're going to have systemic issues. So you have to understand these things just kind of escalate and they snowball one into the next just from one root cause. And for some people, this is gluten. 
The other thing that kind of leads in from the leaky gut situation is when people have nutrient deficiencies, they're also going to have coinciding hormone dysfunction because the body doesn't have the cofactor it needs. And then you're going to impair each system one by one. And when the body's under stress, the body will choose to not reproduce. And that's why hormones get so sensitive to these important cofactors and these nutrients that are coming in. So when it can't break down foods or you have leaky gut or something like that, you're going to have that immune system response. It's going to trigger a stress response with your HPA axis. Now your adrenals are involved and now we have a brain signaling concern. And you can see that it's just upregulated. We have this negative feedback loop now and, you know, it just keeps the body in that stressful state and it's hormones are going to downregulate anytime stress hormones are overfiring. So that can very much happen. So some important cofactors that are needed for hormone production, we already talked about fat soluble vitamins, but things like B6, zinc, vitamin A, magnesium, and also vitamin C are really important to help with hormone synthesis and utilization. So very, very important. So HPA axis dysfunction, we just talked about it for a second, but that's another root cause of why hormone balances get out of whack. So once again, we talked about when cortisol levels are driven up, it's going to affect our sex hormones. It starts with DHEA and just snowballs from there. So eventually the body is always going to choose survival over reproduction. And that's something to really think about when, especially if we're dealing with infertility and try to shut off some of these inflammatory markers or these stress, you know, nervous system markers that has to really be taken into consideration. So when the pathway gets upregulated by stress and just chronic stress, constant fight or flight situation, you're going to have that overfiring of stress hormones, which will eventually lead to a depletion of stress hormones because the body's going to start storing it as cortisone in the body. Um, but nevertheless, it's going to downregulate sex hormones every single time. So it's really important to know that. So what causes HPA axis dysfunction, chronic stress, inflammation, medications like antidepressants, opioids, uh, corticosteroids, toxins, heavy metals, too much exercise, underfeeding, undernourishing, lack of sleep, unregulated blood sugar, EMFs, oxidative stress, and deficiencies in things like CoQ10, B vitamins, magnesium, and glutathione. And lastly, alcohol really, really drives uh, that HPA access for a loop and a, a negative feedback loop is that. So if that is you're experiencing hormone issues, one of the best things you can do is cut alcohol and really just let the body start to regulate after that because it really causes, we talked about that a little bit last um, episode, it causes so much more damage than just the liver. So So continuing on, we're going to talk about menopause a little bit because I get lots of questions about that. So when you think about menopause, it's really important to understand that when your ovaries stop making sex hormones, we rely on the adrenal glands to make them indefinitely. So if we're under adrenal stress, if we have HPA axis dysregulation, we really have to treat that and address what might be stressing that area um, to find any balance in the hormones at all. 
So what happens is the body uses a process called aromatase, and that basically takes DHEA to testosterone, and then there's a conversion of testosterone to estrogen, and that is how we get our estrogens um, after menopause. So we rely very heavily on that pathway after the fact, and we, we rely on the impact of the adrenals in that situation. So it's really important to support that area and support HPA axis dysfunction. So that includes all the causes we just talked about. Very, very important to support those areas when you are going through menopause, when you're postmenopausal, that sort of thing. Make sure you look at your adrenal, your thyroid from um, a mineral test to really see how you, how it's responding to stress, see how you can support those pathways before jumping on hormone replacement therapy. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So let's talk for a sec about bioidentical hormones. There is a time and a place for them. It is very, very important to look at things like we mentioned before, before jumping on them. So are you supporting your HPA axis? Are you supporting and looking at oxidative stress? What about inflammation? Are you consuming enough fiber? If you are, you know, more prominent in the estrogen area or your estrogen is more dominant than progesterone and that sort of thing, are you binding any excess hormones that aren't going to recirculate and become more toxic? That is really important to understand too. Are you supporting your liver? Do you know how your estrogen is actually being detoxified? Have you looked at a Dutch test to see before you jump on a synthetic version of estrogen? Because if you're going down one of the more detrimental pathways like the 4-OH or the 16-OH, it's going to make you more likely to have fibrotic tissue, possibly tumor formations, DNA damage, and even more oxidative stress. So it's really, really important to look at that. The other thing is, what is drainage like? Are you draining properly? Are you methylating properly? Those things all need to be addressed in my mind before anyone should be on a synthetic hormone. Um, and the other thing is, if you are working with a doctor or a practitioner on getting on bioidentical hormones, you really need to run a family history of estrogen dominance, breast cancer, um, and really just have them do an overall lifestyle assessment. What is your toxin load? What is your drainage ability? Like we said, what is your liver status? Things like that really need to be looked at um, before you start taking a synthetic hormone. This is just another instance that that's, someone's going to very much benefit from running a Dutch test because it is going to help take the guesswork out of what your hormones actually look like, how they're being detoxified. Because a lot of times, you know, women might assume they are high androgen and it could actually be a low estrogen situation. Those two situations are very similar in nature with their symptoms. So you could be treating one and it could actually be making the imbalance even worse. So that's why it's so important to look at um, these things and to run a Dutch test to really know exactly what you're up against. Another thing it's really important to look at is the health of your DHEA levels, because that's very much the beginning of that aromatase pathway from androgens to estrogen after menopause. So that hormone specifically is going to be really, really important to look at um, to really determine the um, integrity of that pathway. 
And understand too the correlation between cortisol and DHEA because cortisol downregulates. It's very inversely related. Um, so if cortisol levels are up, DHEA is going to be down. So Dutch test is going to look at all of those things. It's going to look at your cortisol rhythm throughout the day. Maybe you have certain points where cortisol is elevated and that could be um, coincidingly decreasing your DHEA and vice versa. So um, really, really important to look at that. With that being said, so speaking of that aromatase conversion, let's think about things that inhibit that. So once again, specific medications, think aspirin, think metformin. Those are really two big key players that will downregulate that pathway. Think phytoestrogens and xenoestrogens. We talked about that. So environmental things that are going on. Phytoestrogens are going to be ones in your food. So a lot of soy products are going to cause that. Um, also endocrine disruptors. So once again, in cleaning products, beauty products, that sort of thing, fragrance, that's major, major red flag for um, endocrine disruptor. And then of course, alcohol. So we know that it's a not only an endocrine disruptor, but an aromatase inhibitor because of its estrogenic effect. So then we can talk about things that support that pathway. So we've already, we're assuming we've already looked at HPA axis. We've already addressed stress. We've already addressed exposure. So how are ways that we can boost this pathway? So vitamin D, getting actual sunlight, calcium, looking at gut status, making sure you're not deficient in other important minerals and cofactors, uh, looking at diet, once again, talking about those phytoestrogens, other inflammatory foods that could be kind of causing some havoc in the body as a system, um, melatonin levels. So this can be affected by blue light, EMFs, and even halogens. So making sure that we have a good, healthy level of melatonin, because this will support that pathway as well. Green tea and grapeseed extract are going to be two things that are um, very supportive to this pathway. And then, of course, fat-soluble vitamins, so A, D, E, and K. And my favorite version of that is going to be a cod liver oil. I will link to that in the show notes so you guys can have access to that. It's just the most bioavailable and just readily used. The body just loves that version of it, and um, it will really restore those fat-soluble vitamins for you. So I usually don't, I personally do not start with replacing estrogen. I support the why. I look at why it's low. We address all these other lifestyle factors. We look at estrogen detoxification, possibly incorporate some DHEA, possibly look at that androgenic to estrogenic pathway. Um, and like I said, look at lifestyle, diet, exposures, inflammation, ability to drain, liver status. Those are things that I definitely want to look at and assess before putting anybody on. Now, sometimes I will incorporate things like progesterone if indicated and that sort of thing, but we're also treating the why while we're doing that. Sometimes it's just better to have a little bit of symptom relief for some people while we're working on that root cause, but it should never replace um, because if the root cause is there, the problem is going to persist. So the last question I have is, do I recommend birth control to fix hormones? And once again, body is never deficient of synthetic hormones. So I just wrote in big caps, not a chance. And I'll tell you why. And it's because clinically I read so many labs where hormones just go so haywire because of 
birth control use and this post birth control syndrome. I struggled with it myself. You know, I was on birth control for 10 plus years as well. I am so lucky and so thankful that my body was strong enough to pop out of that um, postmenopausal range. Um, but I've been on, you know, both sides of it. And I see, like I said, on lab work, what it does to women's hormones. And it's just really um, more problematic than it is good, especially if you're trying to fix a hormone issue by taking the body's ability to make that hormone away from it is never going to fix that issue because your body still wants that hormone and it's going to need it to find balance. So not only that, but we know that birth control depletes the body of important things like B vitamins, magnesium, and zinc. Those are all important cofactors for things like mitochondria. And so when a lot of women are on birth control and then all of a sudden they are gaining weight or they have inflammation or they have chronic fatigue, that is very much correlated with what it's doing to the microbiome and the depletion of these really specific vitamins and minerals. So we know that it alters the gut microflora, so creates a imbalance in the microbiome, which is going to affect not only things like we just discussed, but it's also going to affect your immunity. So a lot of women on um, hormonal birth control will find that they are sicker often and things like that because it's directly affecting their gut. Um, Once again, we're talking about upregulating liver detoxification. So adding more stress on the liver because of the bio unavailability of them in the body. So they're looked at as a toxin. Um, It increases things like sex binding hormones. And what that does is it lowers androgens, which makes you more prone to other imbalances. So lots of things. Um, When the gut is affected, the microbiome's affected, it's going to invite things like gut pathogens. So I see a lot of candida. I see a lot of copper toxicities because they love excess estrogen. So usually when copper is elevated, so is estrogen and vice versa. So they make it a perfect environment to have some of these pathogens and opportunistic toxicities. Um, There's also a high risk of clots. So you have an increased risk of cardiac episodes, um, endometriosis, fibrotic tissue, PMS, ovarian cysts, cervical dysplasia, endometrial, and breast cancer. So all those are increased. And like I said, when you look at a gut test, you can see if that is going to be a risk factor for you because you can look at how your estrogen is being detoxified. Some people, you know, are okay short term on hormonal birth control. You know, there's always a gray area. But for me personally, having to having been through post birth control, you know, syndrome, being depleted of these vitamins and nutrients, um, I and, and seeing what I see clinically, I can't in my right mind just definitely can't encourage that to fix your hormones. But as far as a birth control use, I'm definitely going to lean more towards natural approaches, um, temperature checking, actually tracking your cycle on an app. And, you know, even from a young age, it's really important to know your cues and your signs of being fertile or infertile and that sort of thing. And then, of course, there are barrier methods as well that um, can definitely support birth control use without hormones. So I hope that helped. 
just understand that birth control is not going to fix your hormones. What it's going to do is it's going to downregulate them so much. You'll find some temporary relief, but the root cause still has not been addressed. So that's just really important to put out there. I don't prescribe anyway, so thankfully I'm not even in that situation. All I can do is look at history, someone's health history, look at their lifestyle, look at their body's ability at this point and make my recommendations to them, you know, based on those things. So that's just really important. So I hope this helped you just understand things that cause the hormones to be off, things that can be supported so that you can start looking into why your hormones are off, things that like gut concerns, um, you know, chronic stress issues, other things that start downregulating hormones, lifestyle things that you can start to incorporate to kind of, you know, calm the body, calm the nervous system, calm that HPA axis, things like that. Um, so let's talk for just a second about how to start, if you're going to start today to find some sort of balance in your hormones and you haven't run a Dutch test yet, or you're let better yet, you're waiting on your Dutch test results because you already have one out in a perfect world, right? Um, so incorporating things like cruciferous veggies and raw carrots, those support detoxification of estrogen. Um, understand that when estrogen isn't detoxified properly, and so many of my clients just have very low methylation, and a lot of it is because of low B vitamins, which is caused by birth control. But, you know, let's, let's just start there. Um, so let's just say if estrogen's not being detoxified, what it does is it recirculates in the body and becomes even more toxic. And then if your methylation's already low, you don't need a ton of estrogen to be estrogen dominant in a situation like that. You can still be estrogen dominant and have lower estrogen levels if you're not properly methylating. So things like cruciferous veggies, broccoli sprouts, and raw carrots are really going to help with detoxifying some of those excess hormones so that they don't. And that's the other thing. So fiber, this is what I call phase three, you know, hormone liver detoxification is excretion. So when, if you don't have enough fiber to bind with these excess hormones, then you're not going to be able to move them out of the body. So very, very important to make sure that you're draining properly, that your colon pathway is supported, you're having one to two bowel movements a day, and that you're actually able to get those excess hormones out. So, so, so important. So HPA axis, we talked about that, lowering stress, assessing cortisol levels, which are going to downregulate sex hormones. So really looking into your pattern of your circadian rhythm and your cortisol throughout the day to see what parts of the day you could support. Or maybe it's all day. Maybe you're just a wreck with your cortisol and um, it's affecting your hormones. So really, really informative to look at that as well. Another huge thing that I see so, so commonly is balancing blood sugar. When you have imbalanced blood sugar, you're going to have imbalanced hormones, and that's because they're all so related to stress hormones. So just another key player in there, and like we talked about with high androgens, you're going to be more at risk of having blood sugar disturbances, but I see even more of a trend of, of blood sugar dropping. And so... 
a lot of times it's from skipping meals, women we don't eat frequently enough or we don't have enough protein throughout the day. So what's happening is our blood sugar is dropping and then our cortisol is going through the roof. So then we're just up and down, up and down, spiking. And that's one reason why we don't have sustained energy throughout the day. Um, so when I look at your cortisol on your Dutch, I'll know if you're skipping meals. I'll know if you're eating breakfast and I know if you're eating frequently enough. So um, be determining that and even looking at an organic acid test, I'll see if your ketone levels are elevated, uh, things like that, that will be very indicative of if you're eating often enough, if you're having enough protein and if you're balancing blood sugar. So that's very, very important. Um, another thing is supporting the bile liver pathway. We talked about that, especially if you don't have a gallbladder, you need to be on a bile salt. You need to be on a Tudka or something like that to make sure that you have enough bile to bind that excess hormone and to help it through that liver pathway and eventually through um, ex the excretion part of it. So um, fat soluble vitamins, cod, cod liver oil is going to give you all of them. I love that so much. Support digestion. So some people are, are going to need some digestive enzymes to help while they're starting on this. Um, moving the body mindfully will help with blood sugar stabilization and just hormones across the board. So just a nice natural way to balance your hormones. Um, eliminating estrogenic foods. So soy, dairy, gluten, those are going to definitely take an immediate impact on your hormones. So very, if this is something that's bothering you, it's something to really go ahead and cut today. Look at your exposure. So look at plastics, parabens, phthalates, um, just anything, fragrance, you know, those home and beauty products, anything that could be mimicking estrogen in your body, anything that could be adding to that all over toxin load. And of course, run a Dutch test. I think I've said this a million times this episode. It just don't guess because hormone imbalances look very similar to other ones. And if you're just guessing and you're just kind of, you know, treating one thing and it could be something else or it seems like it might be this or, you know, just stop guessing. Run a Dutch. Look at all your sex hormones. Look at your cortisol. And just stop guessing and just make it easy on yourself because you'll be able to get a better, more detailed game plan of what to support and how to support it. So talk to a practitioner about running a Dutch. I will link to that in my show notes as well. Um, if you don't have a practitioner that can run one for you, I'd be happy to. So there will definitely be a link. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for this question. And these questions, they are very, very frequently asked. And I think that you guys can get a lot of information on how to start balancing your hormones naturally. There's such a tremendous stress component to it. I cannot stress that enough. Um, so really start to think about that, especially if you're dealing with um, these imbalances or infertility or your postmenopausal or, you know, we're all just struggling in some way to find that perfect balance. So I hope this helped you all. And I hope it gave you some things to think about when it comes to your own hormones. And I will be back on next time. I have even more great questions to answer for you the next show. So thank you guys so much for your support once again and take care and I'll talk to you soon. 
As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my take on all things health and healing. If you do have a question you would like answered on the show, please do email me at vibewellpodcast at gmail.com. That's vibewellpodcast at gmail.com. I will post links in the show notes of anything that was relevant to what we talked about today. But other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy healing. And I will talk to you next time. 